One of the biggest lessons of 2020 is we have to be able to pivot. I think that changing your mind is often seen as a bad thing, but it's actually pretty brilliant. It means we're learning and we're growing and we're willing to adjust when things need adjusting. I just think by not pivoting, we sometimes allow ourselves to stay stuck. So many people have had their lives turned upside down this year. So many things that many of us have worked for didn't happen because of COVID or weren't at all what we hoped or thought they would be. And as much as it feels awful at the time, I think sometimes a good kick in the gut can benefit you. It can force you to be tougher and it can force you to pivot. I used to be resistant to pivoting because I felt like I was accepting that I was doing something the wrong way just before the pivot. But that's all wrapped up in crazy, unnecessary ego. Now I love it. I am a pivoting machine. Today, we are going to exercise our pivoting skills. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. I have to start this episode by telling you I'm obsessed with the word pivot. I'm just newly obsessed with it. I just have to put that out there, and I think you will be too. So pivoting is so interesting, and I feel like it is the best word to use for changing your mind, for changing the plan. It's really helped me. So my goal in this episode is to give you a little pep talk on pivoting, a pep talk that I wish I would have had, you know, four or five months ago when everything was turned upside down with COVID. But even COVID aside, just a real lesson in pivoting, not being so stuck in our ways that we don't see when there's a better way. And I'm talking about small things. And I'm also talking about big life things. I've done this lots of times, especially in my business where I've spent so much time or money or worse time and money working towards a project or working towards a specific product or just working towards something that I am not willing to give it up, or I'm not willing to ditch it, or I'm not willing to pivot because I didn't think of it like pivoting. I thought of it like, no, 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 I've invested this. This is going to work. And I do believe in perseverance and hard work and don't give up. And you only fail when you quit. If you never quit, you don't fail. I believe in all that wholeheartedly. But I also believe in the real value in knowing when to pivot. And by changing my mindset and just using the word pivot has helped me so much. So this started when I was doing homeschooling with my kids. And I would set out, wake up in the morning, and I'd say, okay, today, this is our agenda. This is what we're going to do each hour. I organize all three kids' Zooms. As the homework came in, I'd organize the homework. And I I was going along this path, and I would like adjust it a little bit each day, you know, each day as you learned what worked and what didn't, what helped us be more productive, what resonated with the kids and what didn't. As we went through all these different things, I would kind of adjust. But then one day, I just realized that the way, listen, that was a very difficult time. And I know some people are still doing distance learning, at-home learning, homeschooling. It's so tough. 
But really, that experience made me realize sometimes you have to rip up the schedule, toss it in the air, and start over. I just think that like, if you actually visualize, rip up the current plan, and start a new plan is just so valuable. And for me, it feels empowering. Realize that the way you're handling something could just be done better and pivot rather than thinking of it as a fail. So I used to, like I said, in in business, if I was working towards a project or working towards a product, I really had unnecessary ego involved and I didn't even know it. I didn't realize that this was my ego talking and nothing else. So I would just keep pushing when something wasn't working or something wasn't right, or maybe it's not even a matter of, of giving up on it, but maybe it's just a matter of doing it completely differently. I think that sometimes we just get in the rhythm and the pattern and the routine and we don't wake up and look up and realize that another plan would be better. Sometimes we just do what we do because we've always done it. And that's what I that's what I mean when I say I think that sometimes a good shakeup can be good for us. Now, there are so many shit things about COVID and it kills me to think about the businesses that had to close that will never reopen because of this. And of course, the the sickness and the devastation and the loss, all of it. But I think for the fortunate ones of us that are healthy through this and have not lost any of our loved ones from COVID, we need to realize that we are fortunate and we are lucky and we can pivot. We have control of so much more than we often think about. Like we are in control. And if you're not in control in your situation, put yourself in the driver's seat, get yourself in control so that you are actually able to pivot. This idea of rip up the current plan and start a new plan. Like I said, this happened when I was doing homeschooling and I was so strict on the routine. We're going to have our mind time. We're going to have our body time. We're going to have our free time. And listen, I'm not a teacher. I have so much respect for teachers. I was just doing the best I could, but it took me a little longer than it should have to realize that this isn't working for whatever reason. I need to self-audit and self-evaluate, rip up. And and the reason why I have to keep saying the same metaphor is because I actually, we did it on a whiteboard, but that day I had the schedule written down on paper and I ripped up the paper and I was like, we're not doing this plan anymore. We're getting a new plan. And it was like a good sigh of relief for all of us. Cause you know how it was like, it was symbolic. It was like, all right, cool. Whew. Deep breath. What if we learn? Let's just set up something new. And I think that a lot of times, naturally, we're hesitant to pivot because we're accepting that we have to accept that we failed or the the old way was the wrong way. And I just think that's not the case. This is like a similar concept to an episode I did all about kind of accepting when something's not right anymore and moving on. So maybe you had a good friend and you had like the best, you know, 20 years. And for whatever reason, the relationship isn't serving you anymore and it's not bringing to your life what you want and and potentially bringing negative into your life. And maybe it's time to uh, move on or, or at least, you know, be friends with a little bit more distance and that's okay. And you shouldn't think back on all those, all the, all those 20 years any differently ages and stages and and things are different in different seasons and i think that we can often 
just the way that something turned out doesn't change how awesome it was when it was happening. And I think that ego is such an interesting thing. And I have really, over the last like two, three years, tried to work myself out of anything that has a resemblance of me determining my decisions, what I'm going to do, say, spend money on, spend time on, that's wrapped up in ego. I just let it go. And I think this is one of those things. You have to be willing to pivot and you have to be willing to self-audit. So I am obsessed with being a room parent. I love it. I love supporting teachers. I love being in the classroom. And then this year, I was not selected as the room parent. And I felt like in my girls' school, so normally I would switch off every other year being room parent for one, then room parent for the other. So fortunately, I'm room parent in Parker's preschool class in room two, which is great. But that happened a couple months later that I found that out. So for a while, I was like, this is crazy. I've been a room parent every year and a very active, involved, enthusiastic room parent for the last eight years continuously. I would never have chosen to not be a room parent at their school. And it was interesting because I was super bummed and I felt like it was a loss. And and listen, I totally understand they have to give new people a chance. There's only three classes per grade at our school. So you know, only um, two, four, six people get to do it each year and they've got to change it up. And I get that totally. But it's really interesting because I I love doing it, but I was also doing it because it was a, what I've always done. Like, oh, I'm always a room parent. Like, of course I'm going to do it. But then not being a room parent now just gives me more time for other things. So it was kind of a forced pivot that I would have never chosen. I would always sign up for room parent. But if there's other people that want to do it and are willing and you have to, you know, give, of course, everyone opportunities. So that forest pivot was really interesting for me because I would definitely spend a couple hours a week on it. So being able to spend those couple hours a week on something else, I was always doing it for the school and for all the kids and for the teachers and my kids. But now, you know, I have that time, one, two hours, three hours a week, whatever it is, and different varying during the weeks, depending on if you're doing primarily emails or volunteering in the class pre-COVID or setting up parties or events or organizing photos. A lot of it, I'm sure as a lot of you know, is secretary work. But it was crazy when the school year started and I wasn't room parent and I saw the other side of it. And I understand why people don't sign up for room parent because it's a it's a job and, and you have deadlines and it's an unpaid job and sometimes kind of a thankless job, which is no problem for me. But it was an interesting pivot because I thought, okay, I'm a person who at this stage of my life, I just feel like I just don't have enough time. I don't have enough time with my kids, even though I'm with them most of the time, <laughs> their waking hours, of course. And I just, I don't have enough time to do all the projects. I mean, I just don't have enough time. And so that pivot gave me more time. And I don't, my kids don't feel like they're getting any less by me not being the room parent. It's just interesting. This is, that was just a simple example of something that I kept doing just because I always did it. And I enjoyed it, but I also enjoy lots of other things. I want to take online classes I want to read books. I want to learn. I want to listen to audio. I want to have enough time to work out for as long as I want and not have to, you know, do a half workout because I've just have so many things packed into the day um, that I just don't have time, physically don't have time unless I'm waking up before 4 a.m. to do the workout. And so it was nice. 
it is nice. And and Parker School is so so great, but it's a preschool. There's not quite as much going on, and especially with COVID, there's no in-person events, so it's just a lot less to organize. So it's an interesting pivot. And I've had to do the same thing at work, and I've learned I've learned so much with it. So I used to have a huge team at work. I mean, huge by 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 my standards. So. I used to have a team that was 20, 25 people running my company with me, do, doing all the different things and, um, and you know, marketing and running, especially when we were really starting out in retail. In Nordstrom and, and especially your first year going into retail places like this, they want you doing every event. And I was doing speaking and I was traveling and doing um, education, educa- educating every one of the biggest Nordstrom accounts on our products and all the key benefits and what all the ingredients mean and how to explain it really, you know, with, with real information, all that kind of stuff. Right. So we are so busy. I needed a big team. I needed infrastructure to support all this and to have great sales. So they, they loved us and gave us the best spots on the end caps and all the things. And then as my life evolved and I've gotten older and I've done this for a long time, I realized that I actually love a small team and then I have experts that are sort of contractors that do a lot of the other stuff. And, you know, at one point having 20, 25 people was amazing. I love the energy and the pulls and the teamwork and it looked, it worked great at that time. And then as different things happened, um, I had quite a few girls um, get married and then have babies and then decide to stay home with their babies or some people moved away, or some people moved on, whatever the case is. And sort of, you know, over time, as um, people kind of physically moved on or, or, or left the team, I liked it being smaller. I am a person, I love entrepreneurship, and I love working, and I love seeing different things move the needle. That's what fills my soul. I am not meant to be a manager. At times, I haven't even, I, I haven't been the the most amazing manager just because I want to get to like the good stuff for me, the marketing and the, you know, the spray tanning and the education and the products and the beauty business, all of that stuff. But my point here is this, when I was pivoting from a big team to a small team, I had to really get over my ego because I didn't want people to think that I was, my business was any smaller. It wasn't that my business was not as successful. And in fact, some of the best numbers we've ever had in some of the best years have been with a really small team. And I have the big, gorgeous office and we downsized. And I just found that I was so much happier in my days because I was spending my days doing things that I actually love doing in my business rather than managing people. If you're the CEO of 20 people, the majority of your day is going to be managing people. And it's not all bad, but it's a lot of different things, a lot of moving parts because there's so many people and everyone's different and everyone has preferences and opinions. And there's just a lot that goes into it. People get sick and need time off and need coverage. It was just a lot. So I really had to realize, okay, this is the best pivot for so many reasons. I can have experts work on certain projects and they're not in, in-house, uh, so they can often be more efficient working on just their skill set. So I save money, um, I save space because we're not taking up we're not taking up so much space. Our office isn't as huge. And also because each person really knows their job, their project, I am not spinning my wheels and I'm not going in a million directions and feeling like I'm managing people all the time instead of build, building the business 
And it worked. And like I said, sometimes we were able to even have better numbers than when I had a full team working on it, just different strategies. But it was a big ego thing for me because I was, I was very quick to tell people, oh, we're just, we're just readjusting things. We're not downsizing, you know, don't, don't worry kind of thing. That's all ego, you know, really, what does it matter? And the cool thing about pivoting, if you're worried about what people will think, but you have a pivot like this, the cool thing is, it's like the pimple in high school. Every You see this pimple and you're like, oh my God, everybody's staring at my pimple. But in reality, they're worried about their own pimple. This is, and it, it goes along with my favorite mantra song, Biscuits, Mind Your Own Biscuits and Life Will Be Gravy. And you don't know what rocks are going on in other people's shoes. I just think that people don't worry about you and what you're doing nearly as much as you think that they are. And if they are, Man, who has time for that? I just think that even if people talk about it or mention it, fine, whatever. Then they move on to something else. It just doesn't matter. And so to not make a pivot that you know you need to make because you're worried about what people will think or how it will look like me with my business, going from a big team to a smaller team, we were actually getting lean and streamlined and efficient and everybody was happy and fulfilled and and doing what they were best at and doing what they loved but it took me way too long to actually pivot because I was worried about what it looked like and what people would think about the business and and my capabilities as as an owner and as a CEO. And then once I did it, I was like, no, first of all, nobody cared. And if they did, I don't care that they cared. We all moved on and it works great. So my question to you is what pivot or many pivots, maybe it's small or maybe it's big, are you doing in your life that no longer actually serve you. Like I said, I think that so many people have had our lives completely turned upside down and it's made us think. I think for so many of us, it shook us out of our routine. I mean, it was impossible to keep up your same routine, that's for sure. And so I think that it makes us look at things differently. Maybe we have different opportunities. Maybe the opportunities we had before don't even exist anymore. So we're forced to pivot. Maybe it. Maybe we're not forced to pivot, but we woke up and we were like, huh, Now that I'm sitting back and I'm saying what a crazy year it's been and what a crazy world we live in, maybe you see your priorities more clearly now than you did before. When you're just in the grind, you do the work, you you know, you do the weekend, you wake up, you do the Monday, you do the work. So with this big kind of this big collective pause, I think a lot of us have had a lot of moments where we realize, ah, I'm doing this just because I've always done it, or I'm doing this because others think I should. Listen, life's too short for all that. Just pivot. And I'm telling you, there is something so freeing about rip up the current plan and start a new plan. Like I said, I'm a pivoting machine. And I'm all about on this kick right now of like showing my kids my mistakes because I just, I don't want them to grow up thinking that they have to be perfect or I try to cover up my mistakes or or hide things. I am so open about my mistakes or my pivots or whatever it is. They were like, wait a minute, I thought we were, I thought you thought this. I'm like, yeah, I did think that. But then I learned this and now I think this and that's awesome. I think that changing our mind can often be seen as a weakness or a fault or as being indecisive. And I think there's a big difference between being indecisive and being okay with changing your mind. I just think it's so important. I always say, I know nothing for certain. 
I know nothing for certain. I know what I know for certain today, but I'm always open to that certain thing changing because we're always growing. We're always learning. I mean, listen, in 2020, haven't we learned that we can't always anticipate what's going to happen? We can't always control what's going to happen. We aren't even sure at this stage, if you're listening to this real time in 2020, what the the impact, what the next year is going to look like and the impact economically for businesses and, you know, for our entire economy, what's the impact on this and what's it going to look like? We don't know. And there's so much we can't anticipate or control or predict. So one way that I have found to get through it and feel empowered and not lay in bed depressed is to realize that I have control over so much more than I think I do. And I'm open to changing my mind and I'm open to pivoting. I just think if you are having a bad day, sometimes you're just having a bad day and you need to chalk it up to a bad day. But I think that if you're having lots of bad days or if you're just in a funk, I think that, you know, it doesn't work for every funk depending on what's going on. But I think for a lot of funks and a lot of funks that I've been in through this kind of COVID quarantine process is, okay, step back and think, what am I stressed about? What's weighing heavy on my mind? Why am I bummed? Why am I in a funk? Why am I depressed? What's not working? Because listen, like I said, something could have worked great in the past, but now things are different. Now things have changed. What worked before doesn't always work now. So you just need to be open to pivot. And I don't know, something about the word pivot just feels empowering. So much more empowering than any other word kind of in this topic. So pivoting, looking up, like, what does pivot actually mean? So pivoting pivoting can create opportunities to expand revenue. That's for business. How can you effectively use a pivot? Pick new goals that align with your vision. Okay, well, that wasn't as helpful as I thought because the, like, the actual definition of pivoting is... The actual definition of pivoting is a pin or to point. All right. Well, listen, pivoting for me, Lindsay's definition of pivoting (laughs) is to be open to saying screw it to the old plan and making a new plan, being open enough to step back, look at the situation, whether it's something small in your life or whether it's the big picture of your life and think, what isn't working anymore? What's the common denominator here? What do I need to change? What do I need to eliminate? What do I need to simplify? What do I need to fix? And then be open to pivot. And don't judge yourself. Don't call it as a failure. Don't make this big generalization of what that meant about every other time you did this thing. No, it's just a pivot. I'm a pivoting machine. I love it. And I think that it is a very empowering way to change your mind, to change your thoughts, to change your attitude, to change your actions so that you don't have regret later on. I talk on this podcast about my greatest fear in life is to be 90 and have regrets. I'm really not afraid of anything else aside from that because at 90, there's not a lot you can do. Well, actually, we're all going to live to 120 together with all of our health talk and actions, but I use 90 as like the marker. You, there's just a lot of things, you know, physically and, and, and in each situation that you can't do at 90, but we can do now. 
So I am so willing to pivot because of, fear is not the right word, but because of that awareness of desperately not wanting to have any regret, like just at that point, you just can't get the time back. You can't build the business you wanted to build. You can't spend the time with your kids that you wanted to spend. So I think by having that as my kind of North star, that's how, I mean, I talk a lot on this podcast about do what feels right in this season, this day and this week and this month. And you don't always have to solve everything, big picture of life every day or at one time. But I think that it's so valuable to be able to sit back and look at what's working and not what's working. Be open to adjusting, not judge yourself and don't worry about what other people are do or, or would say, rip up the current plan, start a new plan and don't resist a pivot. And if you're trying to pivot, but you see that ego coming in, I'm telling you, get rid of it because it doesn't serve you at all. Keep doing something just because of how it looks or the ego of it. It's just, that doesn't work towards our goal. Because I really think if we think about what makes us the happiest and try to try to spend as much time each day and each week and each month doing the things that make us the happiest, The happiest people I know for sure in my life are the people that get to spend most of their time doing things that they love. And it just makes sense. And I think in order to do that, life is complicated, life changes, our situation changes, everything changes through time. So being able to have an open mind, be willing to change your mind, and be able to step back and do a self audit of what you need to change, and then just pivot. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad I was able to share my love for the word pivot. And I hope that it really inspired you to be willing to pivot and be willing to change and be open-minded. And hopefully it put a little bug in your ear. So the next time things are kind of out of whack and not working and you're frustrated or you're mad or you're angry or you're upset or you're depressed, whatever it is, maybe you'll take a step back, look at the big picture figure it out, and then pivot. I think for me, it solves so many struggles that I have, small, medium struggles, different things. But I just think that there is something so valuable in being able and open to pivot. Thank you so much for listening. I love the conversation that we have. Ping me on Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. If you have a second, hop over to iTunes and leave us a review on the podcast. It helps us grow and it helps us learn by hearing your feedback. And um, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys and I appreciate you listening and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, Go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.